0: Scripture reading is 1 Peter, uh, chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, and this is uh, a letter that uh, Peter wrote to churches that were in Roman provinces, and the letter was written to elders and church members, and if they had a pastor, uh, him, her, her, too. Now for the reading. Now as an elder myself and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory to be revealed, I exhort the elders among you to tend the flock of God that is in your charge. Existing an oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you do it. Not for sorbid gain, but Eagerly. Do not lord it over those in your charge, but be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will win the crown of glory and never fades away. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you must clothe yourself with humility in your dealings with the one other, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that you may exalt you in due time. May God add his blessings to the reading and hearing.
1: Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Old Testament. Uh, We're continuing in a series of uh, selections from 1 Samuel. Uh, Today we're in chapter 10, verses 17 through 24. Let's continue to listen for God's word for us here today. Samuel summoned the people to the Lord at Mitzpah and said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. I brought, you up, I brought up Israel out of Egypt. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all the kingdoms that were oppressing you. But today you have rejected your God who saves you from all your calamities and your distresses. You have said, No, set a king over us. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your clans. Then Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near. And the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. He brought the tribe of Benjamin near by its families, and the family of the Matrites was taken by Lot. Finally, he brought the family of the Matrites near, man by man, and Saul, the son of Kish, was chosen by Lot. But when they sought him, he could not be found. So they inquired again of the Lord, did the man come here? And the Lord said, see He has hidden himself among the baggage. Then they ran and brought him from there. And when he took his stand among the people, Saul was head and shoulders taller than any of them. And Samuel said to all the people, Do you see the one whom the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him among all the people. And all the people shouted, Long live the king. This is God's word for us here today. Thanks be to God. Will you join me now in a moment of prayer? Let us pray. Holy God, speak now, for your people are gathered here to listen. Surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, send your spirit in this place to open our minds and our hearts to your presence and your glory in our midst. Diminish me so that you may be magnified in this space. Give clarity and vitality to my words so that they may become your word. And may the meditations of all of our hearts here be acceptable, even pleasing in your sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Friends, the year was 1936, and this was actress Jean Arthur's Big Break. After appearing in over 70 pictures over the previous dozen years, Arthur was still not a household name, but then she was cast in acclaimed director Frank Capra's new movie, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Starring opposite Gary Cooper, Jean Arthur played the quick-witted and beautiful reporter Babe Bennett. After her star turn in that film, she would go on to headline two more of Capra's films, You Can't Take It With You, and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Frank Capra called her my favorite actress. Co-star Jimmy Stewart said of Arthur that she was the finest actress I ever worked with. No one had her humor or her timing. There was only one problem. Jean Arthur suffered from debilitating stage fright. Never have I seen a performer plagued with such a chronic case of stage jitters, Capra wrote in his autobiography. I'm sure she vomited before and after every scene. When the cameras stopped, she'd run headlong to her dressing room, lock herself in, and cry. Those weren't butterflies in her stomach, they were wasps. There's speculation that uh, this stage fright stemmed from Arthur's difficult childhood. She had a a traumatizing childhood. She once said that she had become an actor in order to have the opportunity to become someone else. When the cameras rolled, she could become her role, but when the lights went down, Jean Arthur, like so many celebrities, went back to just being a regular person, full of insecurity and self-doubt. When we talk about someone like Jean Arthur, we talk about their emotional baggage We usually mean this sort of traumatic past, the way a traumatic past can limit one's possibilities in the present. Emotional baggage is the weight of what has been done and cannot be undone. It makes the soul weary before it has even begun a day's work. This morning's scripture, in some ways, is about that kind of baggage, even as it's also about the other kind. When our passage begins saul a young man from a town called kish has already been told by the prophet samuel that he is to be israel's next king earlier in first samuel chapter 9 we read that Sam, uh, saul was out searching for some donkeys when he happened to come to a town where samuel was he had gone to inquire of samuel where he might find his donkeys. And in response, Samuel said, Never mind that, never mind that. Don't worry about the donkeys. I got some other news for you, Saul. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord spoke to him. He said, Here is the man of whom I spoke to you. He it is who shall rule over my people. Samuel had said this to Saul. He had conveyed God's message to him. But Saul replied, I am only a Benjaminite. From the least of the tribes of Israel, my family is the humblest of all the families in the tribe of of Benjamin. Why then have you spoken to me in this way? You see, Saul was obviously taken by surprise by what Samuel had to say, but there was something else there. He didn't see what Samuel saw. He didn't see what God saw. He didn't see greatness in himself. He defined his life in terms of the limits that had been set for him by his past, by his family name, by his tribal identity, by his lowly and humble status. But Samuel explained that it was God who had anointed him, who had chosen him to be the king, and that he will be the king. Yet when the day came around to reveal this divine calling, in front of the company of the whole people of Israel... Saul is nowhere to be found. And then the lord says, look in the baggage. That's where he is hiding. Now perhaps like Jean Arthur Saul had a case of stage fright. Perhaps it was that he didn't think that he merited the great calling that God had given him. Perhaps he was wrestling with the reality that God was calling him to be someone else, to be otherwise than he had been his whole life, that his family and tribe and people had been his whole life. But that is what God does with us and for us, friends. God calls us to be otherwise. God chooses imperfect means and imperfect people to achieve God's perfect intentions. If Israel is to have a king, and granted, God doesn't really want Israel to have a king, but if Israel is going to have a king, God says that that king will be the Messiah, the anointed one, that God will be the one to choose, and God will be with the one who leads. God chooses the king according to God's own intentions. And what do we see in God's intention here with the choice of Saul? We see that God doesn't prefer the well-to-do and the powerful, but rather prefers to pluck someone out of obscurity and vault them into the role of leadership, not because of who they are, but because of who God is. Many of us have our own emotional baggage, our own traumas of the past that can limit our present. Some accumulate those burdens at home, or in their work, or even in their church. Some sometimes attribute that trauma to God and think the only way to overcome it even is to deny God altogether. Of course, some of us come by that baggage more immediately. This moment in the world is a weighty one, with senseless violence on display as far away as Gaza and Ukraine and as close to home as Lewiston, Maine. It is a fearsome time to believe that justice and peace shall triumph over all, especially when the testimony of history seems to be that war and violence will be our lot forever. That's just the reality of humanity's deep brokenness and the absence of god left to our own devices this is what the world looks like and the gospel of jesus christ the gospel of jesus christ demands that we hold two thoughts in our head at the same time on the one hand the gospel does not deny this reality and yet at the same time it invites us and calls us to see that hidden in our past and present, buried beneath stories of devastation and brutality, is a deeper reality that despite humanity's brokenness, we nonetheless bear a likeness to the divine. The seeds of righteousness and mercy God planted within each and every one of us. They are available to us. They are present with us already They are, in some sense, among the baggage. The story of humankind is indeed a story of suffering, but it is also the story of endurance and triumph, a story declared by a great cloud of witnesses whose legacy is one of hope and not defeat. When the people of Israel had gathered at Mitzvah, they brought with them a lot of baggage, both physically and emotionally. But hidden in that baggage was God's grace, the Lord's anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, through whom God would give them hope. Instead of the trauma of the painful past of servitude in Israel, something that would limit the possibilities of the present, amidst the baggage was a brighter and better future. And so on this All Saints Sunday, we remember... That even though we may have known sorrow and betrayal in our lives, that we may ourselves have some baggage hidden amongst the baggage are also the ones who gave us hope, who encouraged us to be the best version of ourselves, who showed us kindness and grace that are the sources of our greatest potential. Because here's the thing. After Saul was found, they brought him among the people, and there was no denying that there was something different about him. Saul was the biggest man, head and shoulders above the rest, even though he was from the smallest and most humble family of the smallest and most humble tribe. It was obvious to everyone that this was the chosen one of God. All Samuel had to say was, who do you think it is? Take a guess. Can you tell? Jesus once said, no one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but sets it instead on the lampstand. It gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The light of Christ shines in the darkness. The darkness cannot overcome it. It cannot be hidden. It cannot be dimmed. It shines forever. And even though he, in a moment of weakness, or perhaps out of the weakness of his human character, Saul could not, still not hide the light of God's love that had been shown to him. He couldn't hide from the calling that God had placed upon him, even though this calling demanded he become someone different, he become someone new. He couldn't deny that despite his fears and his misgivings, God had given a purpose to his life. And neither can we, friends. For God has called us all to be saints. God has called us all to live otherwise, to be changed, to be made new. And so when the world is full of violence, we are called to boldly choose peace. And when the powers and principalities are motivated by vengeance, we remember Jesus' commandment to forgive 70 times 7 times. And when we are afraid that who we are is not enough, that our past or our present has laid us low, we can take heart and be encouraged that God exalts those who are lowly, and that those who humble themselves shall be exalted. That's what it means to count ourselves among the saints.